to The Coat Hanger on 2SER 107.3. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast and record this show, the Gadigal of the Eora Nation, and we pay our respects to elders past and present and vote yes. The Coat Hanger is a show and podcast where we tackle women's footy with a Sydney view. I'm your host, Fiona Lamb, coming to you from the lower central coast of New South Wales, which is Garingai land, and I'm joined by I'm Coach Kiwi and I'm coming to you from Garingai country. I'm Lauren Hodson and I'm coming to you from Dairoral country, Sutherland Shire. You're back home tonight, Loz. Yes, yes, back home. I've uh, departed Wagga and survived the thunderstorm's landing. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm glad you did. <laughs> In this, our round one show for AFLW season eight, we will review round one, of course. We're going to discuss the close contest between the Lions and Tigers, the South Australian Showdown, the Coach Hanger Cup, the WA Derby. We'll do a tipping comp update and we might even discuss the need for VAR because these are the things that are important and needed in in our game. But first, let's discuss the D's dominance. And I'm just loving the alliteration tonight so much. What a cracker of a first game for the D's, I mean. <laughs> Sorry, Lars. Look, it was a cracker until half time for both teams, really. It was yeah. not much in it. And then there wasn't much in Collingwood for the second half. Yeah. They did look they did look very tired actually in the second half. Mind you, that the D's I shouldn't say it that way because the D's played very well. It wasn't a matter of just Collingwood falling off the perch and and the D's hanging on. The D's played very well. Oh, they did. Yeah, they did. And Daisy who? I think a lot of people started to wonder how the D's going to play without Daisy Pierce. But, you know, it's almost as if she didn't leave the building and they just play their same brand of footy, just clean football, move move the ball nice and clean through the air. Um, and some really good shots on goal. They missed a few, but because um, it could have been a bit of a bit of a higher score. But they just got they've just got tremendous players all over the park. So yeah. you know you can take anyone out. Take even Taylor out. They'll still kick goals. Take uh, Lauren Pierce out. They'll still win rucks. Like you know they're they're just strong in all lines. And Taylor got a poster, so that means it must be AFLW season. <laughs> and I say that with absolute love. I was at the game. I was at that game <laughs> where, um, oh, God, was she with Carlton then? I think she was with Carlton against Bulldogs, and she got, I think it was three posters. She hit the post three times, and um, I had a bit of banter on Twitter with her where we both agreed that actually it should have been worth 10 points. <laughs> Is that some precision right there? Hitting the post. Was. Hey, but yeah, let's but talk about too, so yeah. the return of Bree Davies and uh, Brittany Like Good to see. You know, they were Rushed out for so back. long. And Bree Davies, wowee. Just... She was worth two players, really. <laughs> she was. And it wasn't just an accumulation. Her possessions, were they were good. They were effective. So that was, yeah, two players worth. Yep. I think um, for all those who play um, AFW Fantasy, I think she was one of the top or maybe the top 
uh, points scorer of the weekend. And obviously her price has now gone up, as it should. Yeah, I, I just got into fantasy because Kiwi made me. I don't really understand what I'm doing. And I didn't quite manage to finish putting it all together before that game started. So that meant I couldn't pick any Ds or any Collingwood players. But there we are. I still it might be that. a good thing, apart from Bree Dave, it might be a good thing you couldn't select too many Collingwood players. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Uh, anything more to say about the opening game? It um, it was a cracker. It was a cracker, and I think um, it's going to be funny uh, watching games at that ground now, because they've taken out so many grandstands, or they've um, condemned one, haven't they? So there's there actually are not as many um, bums on, on seats as as there could be. Was well, it they 20, had twenty five thousand. Was once the capacity? Yeah, they had eight and a half thousand on Friday night. Yeah, I mean, we did. There were some empty seats, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, I think uh, kudos to Carlton for putting their <laughs> their logo up. <laughs> so, so even though it was the D's and Collingwood playing. There's a great big fat Carlton sign in the background every time there's a, uh, they're in the in the forward one, whatever fifty that was. <laughs> anyway, hey, it's Elise Parker here, and you're listening to the Coat Hanger. Uh, moving on, let's talk about the well. Let's talk about the Lions and Tigers because my goodness, uh, uh, listener, friend of the pod, and friend of us, Pethy Lisa Petheridge. Uh, did point out that Kiwi, you and Loz were having a bit of discussion about whether or not there might be a tie, a draw, and it came very, very close because um, those they were neck and neck for well for the was it for this whole a few times, a few times, um, a few times during the game. So yeah, yeah, and then that whoa, what was the result in the end? I'm looking at it now. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. But I'll tell you what. It was a a goal. Oh, that's not a goal. And I think the last goal was to Caitlin Greiser. So a good way to endear yourself to fans and teammates in your first game for a new club. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the G train. Yeah, well done. And so that I think that is the biggest surprise of the round, wouldn't you say? No, because I already said that it might be a draw. So I'm not surprised at all. All right. Well, <laughs> I thought Brisbane would win. Anyway, the South Australian showdown. So Port Adelaide and Adelaide, and Adelaide absolutely thumped Port Adelaide, didn't they? It was, but it was close initially. Only, but... yeah, only in the second half. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just having a look at that now. I think so Port Adelaide much improved. A um, little, little bit of um, accuracy. Like, so 8, 10, 58. 8, 10, 58 for the Adelaide Crows to Port Adelaide's 4-4. Yeah. Um, Yvonne Bonner kicked a couple and had a cracking game. And uh, Welcome Kelly back, Yvonne the... Bonner. You are still one of ours in case <laughs> you've forgotten. <laughs> and Neve Kelly, another um, Irish countrywoman, got uh, best on ground. And also in trouble, she um, came up on the match review committee um, and copped a fine 
from her game. But um, Bonner, after post-game, mentioned that they um, had some stern words from Doc, the coach, at halftime, and that sort of fired them up a little bit. So I can't um, imagine that man ever getting stern. <laughs> <laughs> he just seems to be um, so cool as a cute. Well, he probably had them sitting down he was standing and it felt stern. I don't know. He's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the WA Derby. I mean, I don't think we were surprised with the result, were we? Um, Is it a derby? Over there at the Derby, I think. Okay. And I, I get I, confused. Actually, sorry, I need to take that back. Only eight points in it. I mean, 3 one Very but low scoring. Very low scoring. Mm. Um, and the big one was Kiara Bauer was dropping out right before um, the start of the game, so they missed her as well. Yeah, yeah. I that was a bit of uh, was that a bit of foxing? You know, she was never going to play, <laughs> or was it? You know, something something uh, could have been. Not that that would ever can be considered by a coach. <laughs> New coach too. So, right. um, anything anything is possible yeah. on that side of the island, right? I will tell you <laughs> what, though, for the rain to show up like it did on the camera, it must have been horrible because. Like broadcast that level of broadcast cameras, a lot of the time it can be raining and you got no idea. So for it to look like it was torrential, it must have been absolutely atrocious conditions. Yeah. This is Maddie Collier and you're listening to the coat hanger. Yeah. Okay, well listen, we need to, to uh <clears throat> we need to tip our hat to the new holders of the coat hanger cup. Following the Sydney Derby, Derby. It's a derby in Sydney, isn't it? A derby out west. Oh, God, I completely stuffed that. Let's just call it the Coat Hanger Cup. The Coat Hanger Cup. Congratulations to the Swans. Swans beat Giants. Let me get out the score. What was the score, Kiwi? Need a drum roll. By four, wasn't it? No, it was was, uh, five. So it was... Yeah, oh, that's right. So they got 51, 51, 51 46. To Giants, 7446. We were there, Kiwi and I were there, and uh, oh my God. I just, <laughs> at the end, I was watching on TV and I'm like, scenes, it must have, like, maybe not so much if you're a Giants fan, but I thought the scenes if you're a Swan supporter um, and seeing the guys' team come onto the field and their reaction and and I don't mean just the guys, but there was, a, I guess, a bit made about that. But the players, how they reacted, it was just, you know, their first win ever. But to get it over their arch rivals, um, so now it, the telly sits at one apiece. And, um, that's correct. That's and, correct. And to get it at home. So at home you do, you have, you know, your bigger support crews, you have all your family around, and you have your non-playing players. So they all streamed onto the field. Even the limping ones came out as quick as they could to um, catch up, and they had everybody in the in the circle to sing the song on the field at the end of the game. So that was good to see. But actually, uh, speaking of we, so we <laughs> we noticed uh, Maddie um, Maddie Collier run on the field, and she goes, "Hang on, I said she shouldn't be running." So we. We caught up with her mum afterwards and her mum assured us she's allowed to run in a straight line. Straight <laughs> line. ACL. So that's okay. <laughs> I'm sure she's not allowed to run that fast though. Yeah. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. How so many highlights um from both teams. 
but but with swans, it's sort of hard to pick pick one standout. I know that a lot of people in the crowd, if they didn't know her name before, they know the name of Brenna Tarrant. Brenna Tarrant. Well, that's it. You know, the Matildas have Caitlin Arnold, but the swans have Brenna Tarrant. <laughs> he must have taken four or five. I don't know if goal-saving oh, marks, absolutely. Marks, she took four or five in that last ten minutes and, yep. yeah, it was fantastic. And the crowd were wild. It was as if a goal had been kicked. Well, a goal had been saved yeah, each time. Yeah. I actually think the Swans had quite a few really stand-up players across the board. I thought um, Kennedy did a few good things, So Sophia Hurley. Um, I, I probably noticed more Swans players across the board I thought they, like, compared to last year, they just had such a more even team game and contributors across the park. Yeah. Yeah, and with that, see, they've got a bit of more experience in the team too. So, um, you know, they were down, I think it was 25 points in, in the second in the second quarter there and and we started to start to peg it back a little bit. And, um, and I think it was just they never panicked. They held their composure and that third quarter, you know, they – the Giants came at them and came at them and kicked a few goals, but then the Swans, their ball movement, just they just were calm, they were clean. I think the changing of the guard was at 50 to Alicia Newman and she she kicked from uh, just outside the goal square and then right after that was that piece of Chloe, Chloe Magic Malloy um, with the yeah. sidestep that sat. Alicia Eva on her behind. Not her fault. The ground is super slippery. There are a lot of them slipping over. Mm. Um, but, yeah, and I think that's when the crowd woke up again because they kind of looked like they'd gone a little bit quiet. Yeah. And then they woke up and it was, I think, by then, I think they were only 13 points behind. Mm. So um, they had the sniff. You know, they had the sniff. sniff. It was it was the end of the third quarter. Um, I think the anticipation was, you know, the Swans are coming back. You know, they're still in this game. They're not completely out of the game. And, yeah. um, you know, there were some really good matchups all around. I thought the matchup of Fleur Davis and uh, or Davies and Ali Morfitt were fantastic in the ruck. Like all day long, those two were, um, you know, were at each other. Um, and there was a bit contest, of, wasn't it? yeah, a really good contest. And there was a bit of spice in the game early on too. There was, you know that that carried on. So um, I'm not sure what else is going on between the bell of the, you know, the bell of the bridge, the coat hanger cup, but um, certainly the game was with a lot of feeling. And and if you were around the boundary, you would hear the contact. They were some real hard hits, yeah. hard tackles um, around the ground. Um, I thought Alicia Eva played outstanding. I thought you know she's back to. Um, I don't think she lost form the last couple of years, but just probably hasn't played to some of the best footy that she played when she was even at Collingwood. And, mm. I, and I reckon that we saw some of that again in the weekend. Like her tackles were phenomenal. Um, she got her hands on the footy a lot of times. And, you know, I think playing with Elise Parker, maybe, you know, she takes more of that midfield kind of, you know, control and Alicia's sort of a backup, but I thought, you know, she was right in there and um and equal to all the task and um, you know, Pepper Randall, good to see her back. You know, yeah. it's just she hasn't been out of the game the way she played. She was solid in defense. Um and I like the youngsters, Tani Evans, she was fantastic. And then the other end, Georgia Garnett. Solid, wasn't she? Like, yeah. you know, yeah. And and the, you know, their Sydney kids don't come in. Absolutely. 
Yeah, so Georgia Garnett is now wearing a headband apparently. Love it. And, uh, Maybe and, and it's inspired by the Matildas as well. It's, it's working for <laughs> yeah. her. I love it. It's working um, for Pepper her. Randall tried it at the beginning of the game, and I think it lasted maybe five minutes. But, you know, that could be to do with the way she tackles. So it just doesn't stay on. Um, I like I like the Giants in grey. You know, I I love them in their white as well. But um, I do like the charcoal. I like the grey. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a good one, I reckon. It's, it's different, different, nice. Um, but you know there are there are a bunch of players on debut. Like um, you mentioned Tanya Ken- Tanya Tanya Kennedy, one of the young Irish girls. She was solid playing playing her first game at this level. So she's had a few seasons playing for Inner West Magpies. Um, but Fleur Davies was another one on um, on debut. Um, there were a few. I think Swans had four, and I think there were two for Giants. Um, but, you know, I think they all stood up. I thought it was a really good game, really good game for Sydney. Uh, it felt like it was a packed house like last year, but the numbers are saying it was only 5,500. Yeah, I was really surprised with that because the queues outside, like I was stuck outside, I missed, I missed the ball up, and there were queues not moving outside. There were, there were two entrances and we were sent from one entrance to the other and they nearly just nearly sent us back again. So it seemed like there were lots of people there, but um, obviously not as many as last time. What do you know? And it was a very red crowd. Yes. The commentators um, mentioned that as well. And, and just one other thing I'll add on the match. Um, late in the game, the commentators kept saying the Giants have reached their interchange limit. Oh, they've just had another player go on. They've had another one. And then a couple of minutes later, they said, pretty much said, sorry, we were wrong. They've got, it could have been seven left. So I'm thinking, right, oh, this is going to go down well with the crowd because no one will know what's going on. <laughs> it happened in the event a couple of months ago. Yeah. Well, it's they like, finished. Okay, they, they weren't even yeah. close. Like it wasn't one or two. They, were, yeah, they had, by the end of the game, um, Giants had four left and Swans had 17 left. Yeah, so I don't know what the commentators were looking at, but it was wrong. <laughs> Very wrong. Yeah. I'm Catherine Smith and you're listening to The Coat Hanger. Okay. I guess we've talked enough about The Coat Hanger Cup, have we? Um, so what about VAR then? What do you reckon? <laughs> Beck Privatelli's goal was was fine. It was legal. It was sorry. Um, I think the I mark think some is some, the question, isn't it? And the mark, the mark yeah. Good. No, just good footy smarts. And um, um, she was behind the goal line, jumped up, caught the mark. Um, as long as the ball was in, it's a mark, and it landed. <laughs> yep. Landed on the right side of the line, so that was legal. There was a bit of a question about that. And Georgia uh, what Prisparkis. else? So Georgia, Georgia that's right. That's what we were saying before. Georgia Prisparkis kicked a goal in the match against um, Bulldogs, and it was disallowed. So, what was the problem? Was it a? Was it a? Um, I didn't see that one. I must admit. So, was Apparently it? Um, the goal umpire saw something different. Was she? Was it like trying to thread a needle? Was it a really fine angle? It was. It was close yeah. to the post, 
But it's hard because the angle we're looking at, you can tell it was inside the post. But where she is standing underneath, it's hard to see how close it was on on her angle. So maybe she thought it was closer. Maybe she thought it brushed the post. Yeah. Or remember, it doesn't have to even brush the post. I think the post pads um, is like a gap that runs up, right? So the po- so that's the thickness of the goal line is the mm. post pads, not the post. Well, it depends yeah. where it, it hits it. If it hits a post, I mean, obviously if it clearly hits a post, it's a yeah. behind. Um, the pads only come into play if the pads are hit. As a Now, this is a few years ago, so things could change, but as a once official goal umpire, <laughs> you know, I did like, did like waving the flags. Um, yeah, the pads only come into play if the ball hits them. It, so once the once you get above the pad height, you're only thinking about the post. So. But also for the width of the the line as well is the width of the post. Yeah, so if um, someone you know on a whatever angle hits the back of the the the, po- the pad on the post, um, that's a you know if it hits it at the Oh, it gets really it gets really tight because it's you know something could cross and then if it comes back and hits a post it's a goal because it's clearly crossed but it's um oh, bloody hell who would umpire AFL right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, speaking of new rules and rule changes, we got to um see some of the new rules in the weekend. Um, I did notice at least one game. I don't want to say which game and. Sydney, I don't know if they have not got the memo, but um, they didn't throw in from the boundary. They still ran in 10 metres to throw in. So anyway, I'm not worried oh about that goodness. one. that's um, right. But with this. The game with... they ran in from the boundary. The commentators I heard, I watched a few games, and the commentators in all the games I watched regularly referred to, they're now coming in and throwing it not on the boundary. And my view was I thought that's what they'd always done. So. Yeah, that's what. But they're supposed to now throw it from the boundary. Was the oh, well, yeah. the commentators were saying the opposite that they're even coming in further than the dot to try and keep the play away from the boundary. So, huh. I mean, okay. you know, have I read it backwards? Well, the one I wanted to talk about was the interchange rule, and only because, and not not all the teams like the Lions, Tigers, I think, both got very close. Most others seem to still have. In the high 40s is the number that they used of the 60. Um, but there's the comment coming from AFL House was that he's liking limiting the number of interchanges so the players are fatigued, so we get more goals late in the game. And he said clearly it happened in one of the games and maybe it happened in two of the games over the weekend. So it's great, but we'll go back and look at the numbers. Now I look at that and I go two things, right? We've had goals late in games before. Like have a look last year. I can't remember the exact games, but I remember distinctly there were two games and the last two minutes were just as tense as the Brisbane Lions game of the weekend or even the Swans-Giants game, right? So we're getting goals late in the game. We're getting tension. We're getting excitement late in the games. If we're playing or if we're looking at this idea of let's throw players in tired at the end of the game, it means we're getting a poor quality product. Why are we marketing a poor quality product? Why are we Mm. saying to players, come along, we're going to extend the quarters, let's get a bigger fan base, and by the way, they're going to look shit 
towards the end of the game. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, it's let's let's do the rotations. Let's have our best players out there playing their best footy, and still they will get goals. Yeah. Why? Why? Why have them shit? It'll be shit kick, shit mark, shit tackles. Why do we want shit? <laughs> we don't want shit. Sorry. We don't <laughs> want shit. <laughs> I don't I, I think I don't like that rule now. <laughs> no. No. Sounds stupid. But there's enough stupid. trolls, there's enough people that say female football is shit anyway. Why, you know, why invite them along to come and tick it's shit? Oh, now that's just plain stupid. I'm Lisa Steen and you're that's listening to the coat. Hang on. That rule. <laughs> hey, you know what I'm excited about, Kiwi? Listening, Hello, to your, listening to your chat with Beck Privatelli in the fifth quarter. Yeah, look, um, I had a quick catch up with Beck about um, the wind, the atmosphere, um, just how 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 it was for them like we know how it was on our side of the fence but how it was for them and especially for her who was who was there all season last year who was there at game one last season at north sydney over when it was full um, so she was and she was there when they time after time snatched defeat out of the jaws of victory <laughs> which is what we thought was nearly going to happen yesterday so it's really good to see they've turned that page they've got their first win and uh things are looking up for this one first happens once in season two first happens once in season i almost two. forgotten that uh that, that was a, that we was saw, a great hashtag. we saw a little kid wearing the wearing the shirt and i went yes first just happened once just now <laughs> Oh dear! But you know, I mean, and you know, and we talked about it. We talked about the buzz carrying on for the week, um, but they've got a really tough game coming up. They, uh, yeah, they're playing Geelong, who who are just, you know, they had a ripping game. So, um, you know, they're at home again. They're on. They're on their field if they can own the field, because um, it's a smaller field. So. Um, you know, you, you want to play a particular, tactics. you want to play a particular style of football and 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 make it a bit of a fortress there. Um, so it's going to be a very very tough game for them, and um, so that that game is one o'clock, one o'clock on Saturday, Saturday, and, and the Giants have got a five o'clock game on Sunday, but they're down at the other part of Greater Western Sydney. They're at Monica Oval in Canberra. <laughs> so get along, those very, very Western Greater Western Sydney folks. <laughs> greater Western Sydney Giants. Well, it's, it's Greater Greater Southern Western Sydney, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right, get out there, get in front of a screen, or better yet, get to a ground. We'll certainly be at the Swans game. Uh, this has been the round one show of The Coat Hanger for AFLW Season 8. Don't forget to catch the full version of this show in our podcast with extra content this week. It's the chat with, with Beck Privatelli in the fifth quarter. Wherever you get your podcasts, be sure to c- catch us on our socials. We are at Coat Hanger Footy on Twitter Insta and Facebook, please like, rate and review us. And, hey, a five-star rating would be most welcome because that's how you help people find us. And as always, for the best harbour views in women's footy, tune in to The Code Hanger.
And here today on The Coat Hanger, we've got superstar from the Sydney Swans, Beck Privatelli. How are you going, Beck? I'm great, thanks. Thanks for having me. How's the uh, heart rate? Has it come down a little bit since the big win on Sunday? Uh, I've been buzzing for about 24 hours now. So, yeah, it was a really exciting day. Um, I'm really proud of the girls and and how everyone performed. So, yeah, it was a really good day. Um, glad we got to share it with our families and our dads on Father's Day. So a very special day for everyone. Super special. Now let's just talk about that buzz. How was the crowd? It. I think the stats was it was like five and a half thousand but it felt like so much more like and I think it was very one side I think we had a lot of Swans fans in the in the stadium as well which um once we kind of got a couple of goals and got on a roll the crowd got right behind us and everyone was just up and about as soon as the crowd got behind us it was really exciting it was it was a bit of a, a bit of a buzz in the in the crowd throughout the game um, and yeah, as you said, I looked around, I could not see very much orange, which I know orange doesn't, isn't that distinct from red, but there really wasn't a lot. It was a very red, um, crowd. I think it was close surely it would have been close to 8,000. If last year you got eight and a half thousand for the same game, kind of, it felt like that many people. Um, now I think it went, the crowd did their chance. I don't know if you get to hear their chants too much throughout the game, but no, it went a little bit flat in that third quarter. And I think, and that was just, you know, Giants had the run on and kicked a few goals. And, and I guess the crowd just sort of were like, is this, you know, what, you know, is this what we've come for? Is, you know, are we not going to get the win? But then, you know, those couple of late goals and, and that special one by Chloe Malloy, I mean, that was, it was a bit of magic with the, with the sidestep and then the banana. But do you feel the crowd then rise after that and get really noisy? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, once Alicia Newman actually kicked that goal after the 50 metres, that's when the crowd kind of got up and about in that third quarter. Um, yes, the Giants got a couple of goals after um, we kicked one in the third quarter. So, yeah, definitely went quiet for a little bit. But, yeah, as soon as Newman kicked that goal, um, they got right behind us again. And I've, I've actually watched close back a few times. I get goosebumps watching it. It was a pretty impressive goal. And, yeah, it takes quite the player to do that. So she was really important for us yesterday. She had a big big impact on the game whenever she got the footy. So, yeah, great goal from a great player. Yeah, it was fantastic. And, and yeah, as you said, the Newey goal um, where they marched her up 50, 50 metres. And sitting in the crowd, it did feel like once, you know, those two goals, especially the Newey one, it felt like, hang on, we're in here. We, we've got a chance. We've got, we've got a little sniff. And um, I was doing the live cross to the Brisbane game and they said to me then, you know, our, our Giants are still on top. How you thinking now? And I go, no, it's Swans. Swans have still come back. I still had the faith, but that third, that fourth quarter, like it was, it was the early goal, and then, and then it was just, it was just all Swans, really, wasn't it? And um, I don't know how tense it felt to you guys on the field. Yeah, I, th- I think it shows a maturity in the group a little bit. We probably got uh, to the last five minutes of that third quarter, and I think the communication around the field was let's get the ball forward. We could sense that there was a bit of a momentum shift in the way we were playing. Um, we could sense the crowd was getting behind us. We understood the moment of the game. We had a bit of a win going that way as well. So, um, it, yeah, it definitely goes to show the maturity and the growth of the group and the leaders that we have on the ground now to make that call to say, let's just keep getting the ball forward. And um, eventually, obviously, we got a couple of goals out of it. So going into that last quarter, I think there was plenty of confidence in the group that we were right in it. Um, it didn't feel like at times – the game was out of reach. It felt like we were always there. Um, and and that's, I think, probably where the biggest growth is this year. Once you bring in more experienced players around the footy, you're not waiting for the call from the coach's box all the time. And that's pretty important for us. 
Yeah, indeed. And I think we could see, like, you know, there was a lot more composure and a lot more, you know, the, the ball going into the Ford 50 had had a bit more quality about it from from how the first quarter went. You know, you had a lot of ball come in, but it wasn't – the forwards, you're a forward. You can tell us. Was the quality better in the fourth quarter than it was the first quarter? You know, and which is hard to do in North Sydney Oval. It's a very short field and hard to get your timing with the with the running lanes and everything as well. So how did you feel? Yeah, it's definitely a different ground to play on when it, uh, given the size of it. But um, I thought the girls adjusted to it really well. Probably the first two quarters, it was a very congested game. Um, and it does turn a little bit down the line. You don't play your game necessarily. So I thought that third and fourth quarter, we just kept going forward with it, just kept trying to attack. Um, and I thought probably one of the biggest moves was we tried to get the ball out the back a little bit in that last quarter. And, uh, yeah, played a little bit smaller, which had an impact on the scoreboard as well and just allowed our forwards to be a little bit more dangerous. Yeah, for sure. There's um, a couple of clever goals. Should we talk about your little clever goal? Talk, <laughs> talk about that one for years? Will yeah. You, uh, come from yeah. behind the line and marked it in front of the line or in line with the post pad? Yeah, uh, I don't know how I pulled that off. I just was waiting behind the goalpost. Pep was playing quite tight on me, so um, I don't know how I got the space from her, but, yeah, it just worked out well for me. Yeah, well, that's footy smarts. Yeah, and, I'll, take, um, I'll take that. And that's, um, that's forward craft too, isn't it? You, you've got to always look for some opportunities and, you know, if there's any time you can get some separation from a defender, especially one, you know, who pretty much she wore your game, didn't she? Wore yeah. You, I had, her all game. She was she was right on your, on your case. Yeah, they all were. I mean, Tani Evans had a ripping game for them. I thought she was um, really impressive coming off the halfback line. And I, she played on me on the first quarter and I could not get any separation from her. So, yeah, and Pep's the same. Pep's um, a great defender. It was great to see her back out there after her ACL. So um, no doubt she'll find the game fitness in the next couple of weeks. And, yeah, but as a whole, like, they were just, yeah, on us all day, made it really hard to score. So we just had to keep pressuring. And I guess when you're getting that much of the footy inside 50, you're getting opportunities and eventually you're going to – the defense the defense is going to crack. So I guess that's kind of where we got to in that last quarter. We just kept going inside 50. And that's a credit to the girls up the field of just – pressuring the footy and keep getting it in there for us. Exactly. And I think um, also credit to the players and the Swans who kick goals. You know, we, we're not relying on one or two players, which, you know, perhaps the Giants have done for, for numerous years. Mm. It's it's something different we're seeing through the Swans now. So anyone from, you know, Sydney AFL are coming down and watching a game, they're going to see talent, you know, spread. And, and, and it changes how – it changes some of the momentum. It changes how – the opposing team now has to, you know, think about who do we target? Do we target this forward? Do we target that forward? And um, I think you got two goals. Yep. Um, Newey got two goals. Um, Lucy got a goal, I think. Yep. Chloe, um, two. Two, Chloe got two. So it was very well spread. Um, so it makes other teams, and especially, you know, this week you got a really tough game against Geelong. They can't come and target one player and think, you know, this is their goal scorer. You're, we, we've got quality all around, I say we. I'm a Swans fan. Um, but, yeah, going into this game, did Scott look at it as absolutely we can come in and we can win this or it was just around let's, you know, what, what was his game plan or um, the way that you guys sort of took on the Giants for, for the season? I think there was plenty of belief in the group. I mean, we've felt ready for a little while now. Um, there's, there's probably not one player you can say didn't, do enough this preseason because I think every single player over the last 12 months has just had a real crack and had a really good understanding of not only how to better themselves, but how they can really impact on the team. 
um, and what they needed to do to compete at the highest level. And we probably didn't have that last year. So I think a full preseason meant we, we felt ready to go and um, that that never shifted. I mean, the message has always been the same to keep trusting our systems and, and belief in the process. And uh, that was that was a messaging going into the game from Scotty and the coaching group. And that's that's what it's been the whole preseason. So the messaging never changed. Um, and yeah, I think, I think the girls did that really well. So that was the most pleasing part. At halftime, at halftime, did he, did he say anything particular? I think you guys had around 25 points down going into the third quarter. Uh, yeah, it was the same thing. Just keep trusting the belief. Uh, sorry, keep trusting our systems, um, and keep, keep trusting our processes. Just nothing needed to change. We obviously changed things up. We went a little bit, uh, shorter, inside 50 which he um I heard him mention in the uh, after the game as well so that was the only thing we really changed but it was just let's just go back to playing our footy because I, I don't think we were playing our best footy I don't think we played our best footy for the game but um yeah there was certain moments in that that first half where we definitely didn't play our best footy um and and we speak a lot about momentum as well just as a group and when there is momentum shift how, how do you bring the game back how do you slow the game down and then bring it back on your terms so yeah, that, that was the only messaging from Scotty and, um, yeah, really pleasing from the girls. And I'm sure that's probably um, something you guys will discuss a little bit more this week is is where you came from when you were behind on the scoreboard to then get back in front, that you didn't panic, you know, you sort of stuck to your to your systems and, and just sort of trusted the process and, and can have that adjust. You know, some teams aren't able to adjust so well on fields. But if you guys, you get a couple of games at North Sydney Oval, um, next week Geelong who are coming off a really – really solid win um this just gives you the extra confidence that you know if they get on top you can still come back and you can sort of um make it uh, well i know it's your home game but you know how um like the men for years made um the scg their fortress kind of the style that they played there it's sort of here's something you guys could perhaps do down at north city oval yeah well i'm watching geelong's game i mean they're pretty impressive i think they'll be a really strong contender this year so it's a really good um really good challenge for our group um, and you do, you do have to shift the way you play a little bit when you do play on different grounds. Um, you, you need to play your style of footy, but th- there are certain adjustments that you do need to make. I mean, we, we saw during the game, if you give away 50 meters, uh, that that's a shot at goal for the other team. So, um, yeah, but we've, we've trained for that. We're prepared for that. Um, you know, we spent a little bit of time on North Sydney Oval, so hopefully it's, uh, no different to what it was on the weekend for us. Yeah, fantastic. And no doubt you guys will train there at some point this week as well and um and go out, keep keep the buzz going and um take it into the game against Geelong. Yeah, and, and hopefully we get a, a big crowd come down again and support us. I mean, it makes such a difference having the crowd behind us. So hopefully they get on board and we get a few more people down to North Sydney Oval this weekend. Well, as they say, the Sydney crowds are fickle and uh they, they like to follow the winners. So um you're on a winning roll now. You're unbeaten for the season. So Sydney fans, get along and uh support support our female team. Absolutely. And congratulations on winning the Coat Hanger Cup for the first time. Thank you. Looking forward to the next couple. Excellent.